I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Here I know. In an uncertain world, there is always music which can be listened to in good company. Welcome to Friday 15, the show where we speak to friends and interesting people to the backdrop of great tunes and allocate 15 minutes to both. Today we speak to Kelly Castignaro of Planned Parenthood about its work and President Trump's executive order banning American foreign aid to health providers abroad who discuss abortion as an option. Otis Gale began his musical career as a vocalist with Byron Lee and the Dragonairs. Recorded in 1973, I'll Be Around was a cover of the Spinner's Hit record. His legendary status as one of reggae's pioneers was finally acknowledged in 2001 when the revival label Soul Jazz released Studio One Soul, featuring Gale's interpretation of I'll Be Around. Right. 
President Trump reinstated a policy during his first week in office that originated in the Reagan era, prohibiting the granting of American foreign aid to health providers abroad who discuss abortion as a family planning option. What does this signal, Kelly, for Planned Parenthood abroad and in the US? It's indicative of the strong opposition that remains to women's rights and health, particularly around abortion, despite the mountains of public health uh, evidence that exists that say outlawing abortion doesn't make, doesn't reduce the incidence, it just makes it more unsafe. It means more injuries, more deaths. And I think this is, you know, what he's actually done is not only taken Reagan's policy, but expanded it to all health funding streams within the U.S. government. So in the past, it applied only to assistance for family planning programs, as you said, but now it applies to emergency funding. It applies to funding for things like HIV AIDS. So right now in the region I work in, Latin America and the Caribbean, we're set to lose you know, millions of dollars in funding for Zika prevention and education. So you, you work uh, specifically in uh, Latin America for Planned Parenthood. Um, give us a little bit of an idea of the structure of Planned Parenthood. Um, I must admit, I wasn't aware that um, it had so many branches and offices worldwide. So exactly how is the organization structured? Sure. So we're headquartered in London. Um, we're a global federation working in 170 countries. Um, so just like in Planned Parenthood in the U.S., you have clinics, um, you have advocacy efforts, and they're locally run autonomous organizations. Um, I work in the regional office, so what our role is is to raise funding for these programs, um, help sort of spread best practices in the region, and really raise awareness of what's happening um, around sexual and reproductive rights in, in the region. Okay, so let, let's swing back to the States before we look at the work specifically in the Caribbean and in Latin America. For a Brit and for a, an audience that is at least 50, 60% British listening to this podcast, why is uh, Planned Parenthood literally at the touchstone of this cultural battle within the United States? I think it's, it's, it's the patriarchy. It's all of these forms of inequality that, you know, you're just seeing rearing its ugly head now under the new administration. I think when you look at the arguments um, against abortion, that it's killing a life, that it's, you know, that it's, it's irresponsibility on the part of the woman, it all centers on the woman, it centers on her sexuality, it, and it assumes that abortion is used as a form of birth control, when really, uh, it, it's, it's not, no one wants to have an abortion. Um, it's, it's, it's just part of the backlash, I think, that around the world that we see for women and the fact that we still don't have the right to regulate our bodies and make our own decisions. Um, could you give us some of the numbers around the work of Planned Parenthood uh, throughout the world? Um, numbers in terms of, of services or? Yeah, services, uh, women uh, who, uh, who are seen, treated, etc. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, I can speak to Latin America and the Caribbean. Last year, we provided 32 million services. And what I think is important to note is that, you know, like in the US, abortion is a very small percentage of our services. In our region, it's 1%. Um, a lot of that has to do with restrictive laws. 
But we provide so much more. We provide sex ed. We provide birth control for young people. We provide cervical cancer screenings in a region where the rates are very high. Um, so again, you know, I think when it comes to women's reproductive health, it gets sort of stamped under this blanket umbrella of abortion when it's really so much more. So without this funding which is really at best one percent of your work in latin america um 99 of your work is going to be in jeopardy um seven million of our seven million of our funding is is in jeopardy which is about um excuse me I can't do math. Hang on. (laughs) (laughs) Our budget's around 23 million. So it would be um, a significant part. And and we're talking about... Just under a third. Just under a third. Thank you very much. Yes. That's why I majored in communications and not math. (laughs) (laughs) So specifically, you work in uh, Latin America and the Caribbean. Are there any specific issues that come out of the culture of that area which kind of impact specifically on the work of Planned Parenthood as as opposed to let's say its work let's say in Europe or in Africa or in Asia for example. Yeah so um, I mean I think the one is highly restrictive abortion laws. Um, 95% of all abortions in the region are performed in unsafe conditions. Um, In El Salvador you have women who are jailed for allegedly having an abortion when in fact they've had a miscarriage. Um, You have high rates of of gender-based violence. A lot of that happening in gang affected areas in Central America such as El Salvador. But I would say that's that's a worldwide phenomenon. I mean, one in three women worldwide will experience violence. Um, I think the other thing that's unique to Latin America and the Caribbean is when you talk about sexual diversity, and especially in terms of uh, countering HIV AIDS, there are a lot of hideous anti, um, anti-gay colonial laws still on the books. So in some countries in the Caribbean, you can still face uh, jail time for anti- for for men who have sex with men, for example, under anti-sodomy laws. So that drives a lot of people away from services who really need, you know, quality services and non-judgmental ones, which is what we provide. Um, Transgender rights as well. The average life expectancy of a transgender woman in in the region is 35 years old. I sound incredibly stupid, but I just thought that everybody that walked into the doors of Planned Parenthood was a woman. Uh, and but, but you've talked about specifically, you know, kind of access for, for gay men and kind of sexual health there. Mm-hmm, is, that mm-hmm. a, is that a common misconception of uh, exactly what you guys do? I mean, I think even in the States here, too, you'll meet a lot of men um, who go to Planned Parenthood as as oftentimes their primary care because they can't afford anywhere else and they can have open conversations about things like sexually transmitted infections or just general questions. Um, In our region, we work a lot with men and boys because we understand that they face pressures related to masculinity and need their own type of education and information to grow into happy, you know, happy human beings who form equitable relationships. Um, but I do, you know, I do think several people go to to Planned Parenthoods for HIV AIDS care, testing, treatment. Um, and in fact, you know, Pence, in shuttering Planned Parenthood in Indiana, 
he effectively shot up rates of HIV AIDS by closing down um, the only testing facility available to rural communities. Now, we're going to have to pause on uh, good old Mike Pence and come back to him um, after you've told us about this piece of music that you've chosen. Um, And I think the one link which we can definitely make um, is that uh, the artist who you've chosen a piece of music from is kind of famous for being somewhat of a a bit of a gender bender, but definitely someone who wore his sexuality on his sleeve. Um, So could you tell us the reasons why you've decided to go for Computed Blue by Prince. I can. I I am a huge Prince fan and last April was devastated for several months but this song to me it not only has one of the greatest guitar solos I think I've ever heard and an incredible transition to the bridge but I remember first hearing this when I was 10 years old and and then subsequently watching Purple Rain when I was not supposed to. And this is the first time um, that I've ever seen women in a role in a band that wasn't strictly, you know, a backup singer or a dancer or sort of strutting on stage in a video. And there's Wendy and Lisa who open up the song. I mean, talking about having sex together, which I didn't understand at the time. Um, I mean, kicking ass on stage and really, you know, Wendy on the guitar in in this song is incredible. And for me, it it just sparked my love for Prince. And, you know, now even thinking about it, it was 1984 and he's talking about Computer Blue. He's talking about, you know, kind of a blue screen and the ultimate error at a time when no one had word processors. Like the man's a genius. He's just ahead of his time and everything.
you want to know a secret? What? I'm not really the biggest Prince fan. Really? Which makes me some kind of apostate. I know that... <laughs> it, it, it's not that I don't recognise that he was an, an amazing musician and somewhat a visionary, but the music never really ever moved me. Tell me, I, tell me why I'm such a weirdo. I don't think you're a weirdo. I think that's what music does. If it doesn't hit you in the heart, you know, it's not going to move you. And, you know, I definitely respect great artists. Like, I love David Bowie. He doesn't hit me in the heart like Prince does, which is not to say I'm not a fan, but I think there's certain artists that hit you and, and ones that don't. Um, and Prince just... You know, I had a crush on him. I wanted to dress like him. I wanted his shoes. I wanted everything. Are you wearing purple right now? <laughs> Come on. No. no, maybe a little bit, yeah. Uh. <laughs> but you know, you raise an interesting point. And for me, somebody like David Bowie, somebody who I'm not going to say I've come to late late in life, um, because something like Ashes to Ashes, um, I loved it at the time. So we're talking about like late 70s. And then you've got, you know, the young Americans, then you've got, you know, his, his early stuff. The thing is about David Bowie that musically, he's so different, so diverse, where for me, Prince, it's that kind of funk guitar with a little bit of a, a rock edge in kind of just about everything. So I, 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 when I hear Prince, I hear Prince and I go, that's Prince. Whereas if you took away the, lyric, uh, the voice of David Bowie, I think musically it's much more diverse. I think this calls for a special mix CD I'm going to have to make you. <laughs> because I, I do think on some of his more sort of obscure albums and obscure tracks, he can do a ballad like no one's business. I mean, he does have the funk and kind of rock uh, edge, as you described, very well nailed down. But I think he has a lot of diversity. And I actually, it's funny, I hear it more in him than in David Bowie. All right. Um, we need to get back to the, the matter um, in hand, which is Planned Parenthood. Um, was there, when, when that executive order was signed, um, it, you said that it had an immediate, uh, an immediate impact, sorry, uh, potentially on, on funding. But could you tell us about some of the other um, sources of funding that um, Planned Parenthood actually gets? Because one thing I just absolutely was not aware of was actually the size of it. And it's what, something like the fifth biggest charity within the US? Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, it, I mean, there's a, there's huge public support in the US. We don't know these figures globally, but one in five women in the US has been to Planned Parenthood for care. Um, and the majority of people support Planned Parenthood. In fact, I think it's often mischaracterized as a by as a, you know, strictly democratic cause. Um, a lot of women from both parties support it. And, and I think that, um, you know, it, it thrives, it has, it thrives from individual donations from women who have relied on their care. Um, and, you know, at the global level, we receive support also from uh, mostly European governments and other foundations. Um, you know, our our issue is not one that's women's rights globally is is not one that's really well as well funded as I think it could be. Do you think that one of the issues around Planned, Planned Parenthood's problem, um, let's say within more conservative 
societies is that they can't look past the fact that one of the services that you offer is abortion, which is divisive for, as I said, some more conservative cultures. Where, you know, I'm looking at the things that you do, you know, you're against, obviously, kind of partner violence uh, and reproductive coercion, things like that, which no one can be against, surely. Yeah, I think I think that people don't see the link between the social factors and the health outcomes. So when you think about, as you said, no one is really for violence against women, but also no one's thinking about the fact that so many women who experience sexual violence become pregnant and are forced to then make a very tough decision. Um, it is a public health service. It is, you know, and, and I'd like to add also that abortion as provided by our clinics is dependent on local laws. And our partners do, where, where it's not legal, advocate for, for abortion laws because they've seen what happens when women take it into their own hands. I mean, they've seen young girls come in who've taken pills or herbs and are bleeding profusely. No one should have to endure that. And no one knows what led that young woman to that decision or what led that young woman to become pregnant in the first place. I think there's a lot of judgment in general on the decisions women make around sex in their bodies. And I think abortion is sort of at the crux of that. Uh, Lastly, Kelly, what does success look like for Planned Parenthood? I'd like to see a world where every young person has access to accurate information and isn't running around on some of the myths that, you know, (laughs) we used to go on back in the day. Um, They have access to condoms. Everyone has access to contraception. Everyone's able to live their lives um, and love who they love according to their personal choices and not be judged or hindered by, by others. I think that's the real spirit. Kelly Casinaro, uh, thank you for coming on to Friday 15. Um, I think off mic, I'm going to have to send you my address so I can get this mixtape. Done. <laughs> Spectre are a London band who sound a bit like the Killers and a bit like In Excess. This track is a firm favourite of mine. It's called Tenor. never-forgotten voices. Known widely for his collaborative work with Subtract, he's on a roll at the moment. This is Plastic 100 Degrees C.
Connected lights in the blue haze A magnifying glass upon my face It's so hot I've been melting out here I'm made out of plastic out here You touch down in the base of my fears Houston, can, can, can you hear? And we both had to harness our pain Closing, hope at the case Oh, we and I'm up and away Up and away I love those mornings When the sun's up Smoking in the lobby, yeah Waiting for my name to pop up, yeah Pop up, and usually I'd run home And tuck the issue under, yeah I didn't really know what that lump was Yeah My luck It's so hot I've been melting out here I'm made out of plastic out here You touch down in the base of my fears Houston, can, can, can you hear? And we both had to harness our pain Close it and help with the case Oh, in hell and I'm up and away Up and away Yeah Yeah, yeah Ha You don't know what the scarecrow is mm. It's like outer space and his inner is And like a blossom you opened up You understood why you could not love Oh, it's so hot I've been melting out here Made out of plastic out here You touched down in the base of my fears Houston, can, can, can you hear? And we both had to harness our pain Close it and hope it decays Oh, in hell and I'm up and away Up and away My friends say I'm lucky, lucky, lucky To have found someone as good as you My luck's understanding, standing, standing Understanding how to hold on to you After all that we've been through Time won't change the way I feel about you Out of all the love before You're the finest I've ever been 
2016 was a tumultuous year for a Birmingham producer and DJ, Mr. P. Not only did he become a father for a second time, but he toured Japan with his record label. This is a banger from 2015, The Finest, that features a sample from the legendary SOS band. Can contact me by sending me an email where I'm quite simply royfield at gmail.com. Follow our page on Facebook. You can go there and just type in Friday 15 and you can see the progress of the show. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter, you can do that where I am at Royfield. That has been me. See you again next Friday for 50 minutes of chat and 50 minutes of great music. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 